morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another magical, maniacal Monday morning, friends, for Torch Report 370, the goal of total control. Today, we will be discussing how the global elites are using climate science to consolidate power and control. Now, I know it's just stating the obvious, but I think we should dig into it. And here's what I think. I believe that the global elites are using the environmental agenda to consolidate political and economic power and control into a centralized governing global governing apparatus. They call it digital global governance or what have you. And as always, this effort is being pitched as purely altruistic. It's for the greater good, for the future. It's for the children. You know, it's for the pie in the sky mission to save the planet. And in reality, as you well know, this agenda is ultimately being foisted, uh, is being used to foist their various isms on the whole of humanity. However they brand it, friends, the Marxism, the socialism, the communism, the fascism, the collectivism, etc., the underlying ideology of it all aims to consolidate total control in the hands of a small group of people who mistakenly believe but they do sincerely believe that they they know what's best for everybody else. If they can just if they can just get everybody on board to do what they want them to do, then they can save the planet. That's the gist of it. Now, for decades, these global elites have been gathering to brainstorm how best to sell their ideas to the masses. And they've long mastered the art of propaganda, the science of psychological warfare. And now these global elites, a.k.a. the secret cabal, are reaping the seeds of social discord that have been sown for decades in order to facilitate the Great Reset here and now. So we see this playing out, I believe, everywhere all at once. If you look around there, you see, you know, from Biden's uh, radical push for electric vehicles and the electrification of society, which are obviously not his ideas, uh, to the UW students, University of Washington students out there right now today, uh, woke up chained to a power plant. They've chained themselves to the power plant in order to protest the university's reliance on fossil fuels. How can we get a good education and good conscience if we're destroying the planet in the process, you know? And the university, of course, they're using fossil fuels to heat the campus and make the world go around. But, you know, the whole focus, really the whole world's focus, not just these idiot students who have chained themselves to a you know, in the power station. They're saying, we're not going away until we do something. We demand climate justice, <laughs> you know. But the whole world's focus right now seems to be on the life or death consequences of implementing radical climate policies. They got to do it before it's too late, you know, hence the chains. I did put a screenshot here a picture, you know, decarbonize 95 by 2035. You know, we got to decarbonize everything, electrify society. It's the only way to save the planet. And of course, it's not just impressionable youth who uh, who've bought into this hype. You know, it, much of the world has been consumed with the thought of an impending climate disaster. It's a climate crisis of epic proportion. It's it's essentially in their minds. It's a uh, it, it's an ex an extinction event. You know, if we don't do something, we're gonna we're gonna go extinct. And 
This has been getting hyped essentially every since the radical environmentalists of the 1970s ascended into positions of prestige. You know, they, they, they got put into positions of power and influence on the global stage, largely via the infiltration of international organizations like the United Nations and its innumerable offshoots. Now, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, who can forget the ICCP, the International Climate Panel's uh, hockey stick chart? You remember that hockey stick chart? It was made famous by Al Gore, uh, and, and he he was out on his an inconvenient truth book tour showing this hockey stick, hockey stick. And I, there's a screenshot there in the report today, friends. Please know if you're listening on a podcast platform, you just have to go to thetorchreport.com where you can see Al Gore and the hockey stick chart right there in front of your very own eyes. But the global propagandists got behind this and they immediately went to work spinning this hockey stick chart and these very convenient lies as the harbinger of doom. You know, oh my gosh, look at the hockey stick. We're all going to die. And then, you know, they went out and started calling and demanding that client uh, climate scientists must get political. They must, they must demand that their science finally get the respect it deserves. And I just want to point out that that was over 20 years ago. So they've been using the activist media strategy, strategies, et cetera, uh, for over 20 years now to push this agenda. And none of this is by chance or is it by coincidence? You know, it is, I believe, important to grasp the connections between then and now, because the agenda that we're facing today, you know, this this clever and concerted effort to consolidate global control under the auspice of saving the planet, it has deep roots, friends, very deep roots. And these deep roots have been watered very well. Most alarmingly, if you recall, if you've been with me for a while, then you know that underneath all of this, you know, climate science and all the save the planet stuff is an unhinged obsession with eugenics and a truly disturbing desire to depopulate the planet by proportioning the population to a much lower and sustainable level. <laughs> and I know, you know, proportioning the population to a sustainable level, that sounds crazy. Come on, Luke, what the hell are you talking about? But friends, the truth is they've been working at this for decades, and I've, I've documented that at length. If you're unfamiliar with the eugenics and the proportioning of the population depopulating the planet, check out the, uh, I put a, a few links in there to brush up on the agenda. Now, with this disgusting anti-human agenda, fresh in mind, we were just talking about the anti-human agenda last week. Let's now turn our attention back to the geopolitical circus because it all ties together here. All of these schemes are gaining steam. It's pedal to the metal, baby. It's pedal to the metal. You know, they're going all out. They've got to do it. This is, we got to win now. You know, this is it. We got to make our stand and save the planet. And when we understand and that the ultimate goal is total control, not saving the planet. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with planet or climate science or any of that crap. It, the ultimate goal when stripped bare is nothing other than total global control. And when we have that proper perspective and look at everything through that lens, then everything makes perfect sense. Every perceived planetary problem demands greater degrees of government control over every aspect of our lives. You know, banning gas cars, banning gas stoves, banning eating beef. This is just the start of it, friends. They're just getting warmed up. 
The entire purpose of the UN Sustainable Development Goals is to facilitate a global transition to international governance, wherein the global elite can simply trot out their bought off scientists, you know, you know, look, we got consensus. Everybody says that we have to do whatever the globalists dictate us to do. You know, these dictates coming down from on high, the top down environmental policies that must be enforced worldwide if we want to save the planet. That's the story. And as their own documentation makes abundantly clear, I've gone through it many times, the global elite intend for governments around the world to take control of both the means of production and consumption, which is communism, mind you, uh, because only the government has the, the authority. Only the government can make sure that everyone's living a sustainable lifestyle. And if you're not living a sustainable lifestyle, you're destroying, you're destroying the planet. You're a threat to democracy. You're probably some vast, you know, you're probably some radical right wing extremist, some racist, homophobic, bigophobic, whatever. <laughs> bigophobic. I just made that up. Anyway, only the government has the authority, in other words, to dictate what you can and cannot do what you can and cannot eat, where you can and cannot go, etc. In other words, only the government has the authority to control you, to demand your compliance, and to punish you if you do not obey. At least that's what they want you to believe. And they very successfully conditioned a lot of people to accept that premise. That's why Klaus Schwab has announced to the whole world, you know, they got spiffy videos out on YouTube and all that. You know, by the year 2030, you're going to eat bugs, you're going to own nothing, and you're going to be happy, whether you like it or not. Now, he's telling you what the plan is in advance so that you have time to adjust to the idea. That's part of it. But more than that, he and his cronies in the global are actively selling this idea as if it's the only way to save the planet. That's what the great narrative is all about. The great narrative. Let's see here. I'm going to hold up the book, The Great Narrative for the Patriot Club. The Great Narrative by Klaus Schwab. Okay. Also wrote COVID-19, The Great Reset, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But this is uh, this is what they're selling. And it's clear there's not there. There is certainly no shortage of useful idiots who've been conditioned into accepting these lies, who who wholeheartedly believe that gluing themselves to a tarmac or chaining themselves to a power station to protest climate change. It makes them a good human. They have a cause. They have a purpose in life. Now, have you noticed how all of these people seem to think the exact same way? This is the group think we were talking about here recently. They all believe that it is greedy corporations and racist capitalist pigs who are destroying the planet. They also believe that our unsustainable Western lifestyles are unjust and inequitable. You know, we in the West are disproportionately consuming the limit, the precious limited natural resources. You know, we, our unsustainable lifestyles are, are causing the world's poorest people to suffer from our pollution. These are the ideas behind the demands for climate justice and climate reparation. And friends, these ideas, climate justice, climate reparations, they're, they're, they're ridiculous, but they're out there at UN websites, no less. Now, all of this, of course, is nothing more than a deceptive ploy to red redistribute wealth among the wealthy. That's it. You know, they're going to take taxpayer dollars and give it to their buddies over at Solyndra or what have you. And of course, all of this also further consolidates power and control in the centralized hands of the global cabal. 
They're the ones that sit above the governments and tell the governments what to do. They're the ones pulling the strings. They're paying for the science. They're writing the policies. They're persuading the politicians, either through swanky, high-profile gatherings like the one in Bilderberg or Davis, uh, Davos, or through just you know buying them off and all that. But you know, Bilderberg and Davos—that—that's where they can say the quiet part out loud, right? We were just talking about how they get together behind closed doors and they can say it. And I just want to refresh you here over in Davos this last meeting here a month or two ago, whenever it was. Quote: They said, "Quote here at the WEF—that's the World Economic Forum, the books we just looked at. There's a lot of discussion about what the new world order will be." How do we work towards that new normative international order that allows us to address our differences and disputes as the civilized world? End quote. And then I would say, you know, how does the new world order help us save the planet? Okay. The new world order. Dun, dun, dun. The new world order. Zoiks. What the heck? You know, what? The, the new world order, what are you talking about? What's this discussion about normative international orders and all that kind of stuff? Friends, the new world order, that's their words, not mine. And as the global elites gather to discuss what this new world order will look like, all of the myriad moving parts continue to advance their anti-human agenda and the ultimate goal of total control. It's just like clockwork. And at this point, friends, especially... You know, they're getting together. They're talking about 2050, by the way. You know, the Agenda 2030 is, is, is coming into completion here over the next seven years. But at this point, especially given the rise of the weaponized AI, uh, using the algorithmic social interventions, etc., these shysters believe, and they believe they've got us beat. And I, yeah, maybe they do. They think they do. They definitely believe they do. I doubt that they do. But they believe that they do. <laughs> they believe that they have a sufficient percentage of any given population convinced that the science is irrefutable. They have people convinced that the consensus is unanimous. They have people convinced that accepting total control of our lives is synonymous with being a good human who cares about the greater good. Okay, this is this is how they've socially conditioned entire generations. That's why China is being touted as the role model for the world, because they they've successfully forcefully imposed authoritarian centralized control upon their peasantry. And they've done it with impunity because their population has been successfully assimilated into the collective hive mind. They've proven that it can be done at scale and. Governing powers, you know, ultimately at the global level, the governing powers, they want to be like China, but they just have to simply suspend rational thinking, suspend any consideration of personal freedom or human rights. And then when they do that, when they suspend rational thinking and human rights, then the utopian socialist fantasies can finally be achieved. And behold, China is the role model for the world. Now, they will tell us that global problems require global solution. That's the slogan. And it's just another trick of the mind. It compels people to accept that the only way forward is to advance this new world order in order to stave off a cataclysmic climate disaster. Now, it's also more than that. It's the idea that centralized control is necessary, that it's desirable, that global governance is good. It's a good thing. It's for the greater good. They can keep us safe using the precautionary principles and all of this stuff, you know. That's what the global elites want us to believe. 
They want us to believe that they only have our best interest in mind. These are the most benevolent dictators on the planet in all his, human history, you know, and, and, and the peasants around the world. They should appreciate that these global elites are trying to save the planet and get with the program, peasant. <laughs> now, unfortunately, very unfortunately, the majority of the population remains blissfully unaware of the twisted plots for global domination. Most of the people don't realize that fascism is now being used to advance communism, that the merging of public-private power structures is centralizing the control of production and consumption. This is fascism, communism put together. And that via the cumulative effects of all of these different policies, there's so many moving parts, but all together, the cumulative effect of all of these sinister schemes is is <laughs> working to reduce the human population, friends. It's, it's unthinkable. You start thinking about COVID-19, you start thinking about the vaccines, you start thinking about all that, and it's it's just, it's unthinkable. It's heinous. Crimes against humanity is what it is, but it's happening right before our eyes. And I wanted to put two screenshots here in the report today, friends. I see the time. We'll, we'll wrap it up here, but two screenshots, I think, that shine light on this unholy alliance between fascism and communism. First, uh, a screenshot from the front page of the WEF today. Take a look at that, and please note that the WEF's compelling reason to channel international investments toward boosting biodiversity is, is really wrangling global bankers into advancing more government control. Okay. Then notice how the WEF is planning to use AI, artificial intelligence, to protect this nebulous biodiversity with artificially intelligent robot jellyfish and stuff. I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't make it up, friends. There's a link there. Check it out. The, the AI robot jellyfish. But anyway, and they're also tuning, you know, I, I would say tune into their projected sense of urgency. They got to get the job done. I mean, the whole world's on fire, you know, and all of that, again, just coming from a screenshot available if you go to thetorchreport.com. Now, within that first screenshot, we also see the globalist effort to advance digital censorship, of course, in order to combat the worrying rise of cybercrime, and then uh, also their intentions to leverage health equity to advance their version of a fair and just society. All of that and more there, friends. It's worth repeating that all of this can only be achieved by merging public and private power, fascism, and globally consolidating control in a centralized government body, communism. And if you think about communism and fascism like that working together, it casts an eerie light on White House announcements like this one here uh, from April 17, 2023. Fact, you know, Biden and Harris administration announces new private and public sector investments for affordable EVs. Now, I just want to point out the private and public sector. The government's telling the private and public sector what to do. Okay, that's centralized control. Drilling down to the nuts and bolts of it, we get this little excerpt here, quote, because of President Biden's leadership and historic investments, electric vehicles sales have tripled and the number of publicly available charging ports has grown to over by over 40 percent since he took office. There is now more than three million there EVs on the road and over one hundred and thirty five thousand public EV chargers across the country. The law, the law also provides incentives to electrify heavy duty vehicles like school buses and includes support for the installation of residential, commercial and municipal EV charging infrastructure. Never mind the fracks, friends, that 
China controls the vast majority of the resources that we need for this so-called electrification of society. Uh, and never mind the fact that these EVs are literally unsustainable and truly terrible for the environment. You're not supposed to know that. You know, it all sounds so nice, doesn't it? But thankfully, there are about 150 lawmakers who are pushing back on this right now in the Congress uh, by pointing out the obvious that, you know, the these projected statistics are really just deliberate market manipulation. That's what it is. It's it's it's, it's kind of a pay to play scheme. It's an insider's club and you're not in it. And neither am I. But it furthermore says the 150 lawmakers furthermore. A rapid shift toward EVs would benefit only the Chinese Communist Party, as China has a stranglehold on the critical minerals supply chain and manufacturing of EV batteries, period, end quote, right out there in black and white, friends. Could this Chinese stranglehold, the communists in control of natural resources for the electrification of society, could that have anything to do, do you think, with Biden's latest stance? He's kind of pivoted on China. You know, now the, the latest stance is, oh, we're going to have an imminent thaw with China. I mean, we're going to get along great with the Chinese. I mean, he's already brushed off that silly spy balloon incident, and clearly he's gotten the memo. The U.S. must now, you know, we're standing at a crossroads. We have to choose. We have to choose whether to go the way of China like the global elites want us to, or we will go the way of Rome. And that's just, that's, you know, that's the, what we're facing right here at home, friends. Uh, based on the communist infiltration in American business and politics, really, to me, there's no question which way we're headed. I'm sure that Biden's handlers are pleased with themselves, the globalist handlers, okay? They're licking their lips for another four years of political destruction, uh, as a matter of fact, former Deputy National Security Advisor McFarland, she was out there blowing the whistle, claiming that the FBI, the Justice Department, and the CIA are planning to rig the upcoming 2024 U.S. presidential election, no doubt to advance climate justice and save the planet. And in fact, friends, we should expect nothing less because this is all part of the plan. The goal is total control. And if running roughshod over the Constitution and the will of we the people isn't proof enough of that, friends, I don't know what is and therefore resist. We must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the website or the Substack app. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, maniacal Monday morning, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 